All right. Good morning, Trace. How's everybody feeling this morning? Everybody feeling good? Good to be at church today. Man, I'm excited this morning. I don't know what it is. I'm excited. I don't know if it's finally because it's getting warm outside. I love the heat. I'm a, I'm a heat guy. I love the heat. Came from Arizona, so uh, used to the heat. But man, I'm excited. Maybe it's the 300 milligrams of caffeine I've already consumed. I don't know what it is. But I'm excited this morning, and I just want to reiterate some of the things that Jessica said. We really do believe that camps cultivate life change in Christ. I gave my life to Jesus at a camp. I know many of you probably share that story. And so uh, whether you're encouraging your kid to go to camp, bribe them to go to camp if you can, uh, or just partnering with us through prayer and praying for all the kids and students going through camp uh, this summer and specifically in the month of June, that would be a huge deal for us. And so maybe just make a note of that so you'd be reminded to pray for all of the kids and students going through camp camp this summer. I do want to say welcome really quick to all of you in this room. Thank you so much for being here. And for those that will be watching this or listening to this online, thanks for joining the conversation on Trace Online. And then for those of you joining us for the first time, I've met many new people this morning. Thank you so much for accepting the invitation and coming and being a part of what God is doing here at Trace. And on that note really quick, um, some of you remember me talking about a few weeks back how we we're gonna create a culture of invitation here at Trace. Like that's one of our main focuses right now because we truly do not know what hangs in the balance of any given invitation. And I've done this long enough to tell you that your invitation is often what God uses to lead to the spiritual transformation that he desires for each and every one of us. Just, just last service, somebody came here because they were invited in the hot tub at at the health club, and so next time you're in the hot tub at the health club, just start talking about Jesus. It works. We just saw this happen last week, but truly, guys, I do want to encourage you. I mean, over the summer, you're going to have a lot of opportunities to, to extend an invitation, and don't, don't limit what God can do with that simple invitation. So maybe it's a new coworker. Maybe it's a new neighbor. We've got new people moving in our city all the time. Maybe it's somebody you meet on the trail or at the stream when you're fishing. Whatever it is, don't hesitate to extend the invitation. And some of you have heard me give you this encouragement before. I've, I've, I have found the least invasive way to extend that invite is just say, hey, do you do the church thing? And depending on how they answer, I know whether or not I better back out quickly or whether or not I can extend an invitation to them. And then let God take it from there. Sound good? Sound good? Well, hey, um, if you've been a Christian for any amount of time, then I don't need to explain to you what the letters WW. JD mean, right? And you probably had a bracelet at some point in time. And it's a great question to ask. No doubt, it's a great question to ask, what would Jesus do in any given situation? It's a great question to ask, what would Jesus do? Well, in this series, we're not so much focusing on the letters WWJD, we're focusing on the letters WMJM. What made Jesus mad? Now, my guess is that when you think of Jesus, the first thing that doesn't come to mind is him being mad. The first emotion that doesn't come to mind is him being angry. And my guess is that if you were to put together a list of the top five emotions that you often think about when you think of Jesus, anger probably wouldn't even make the top five. But I can assure you, there were many things, there were many things that made Jesus mad. But if you grew up like me with pictures like this and the only Jesus you got to know was like sweet, soft savior Jesus with his pet lamb that he took everywhere with him, then this idea of him being mad is probably going to be a little bit foreign to us. And the subject that we're going to deal with today, I would argue, probably makes the top of the list on the things that made Jesus angry because today we're gonna be dealing with the subject 
of hypocrisy. Now, if you're around my age or in Generation X, often referred to as the brightest, most brilliant generation, I'm sure you've heard that, you've likely heard a sentiment at some point in time that sounded something like this. I'd go to church if it weren't for all those hypocrites, to which somebody might respond in jest, well, you might as well join us because there's always room (laughs) for one more. And I would tell you, even though that's kind of some funny banter that goes back and forth on the subject of hypocrisy, that kind of playful way of approaching this subject, it diminishes the real damage that's been done. It really does. It diminishes the real damage that's been done, not only to the church, but in a lot of Christians' lives. And that's why Jesus gets so angry on the subject of hypocrisy. I mean, if you've been on the other side of hypocrisy, especially when it's encompassing like deep deception, and especially when that includes some kind of spiritual leader or somebody that should be representing God in your life and you find out that who they are is not who they said they were, you know that that wound goes deep. And once again, it's why it makes Jesus mad. Oftentimes I've heard hypocrisy, hypocrisy quickly defined as a person who says one thing and then often does another. To even the playing field really quick, I mean, we would all have to agree we do that, right? And I mean, as parents, we're probably the worst about this. That's why we say, do as I say, not as I do. And I would tell you that even though I don't think that definition represents well what hypocrisy actually is, specifically the context of hypocrisy that Jesus uses when he talks about it throughout the new covenant, specifically in the gospels, I would also encourage us to not get in a habit of doing that. I mean, to say one thing and then do another, the more that we get in a habit of doing that, it's going to become hard for someone to trust that what you're saying is actually true. And so even though I would would say that doesn't accurately depict the definition of hypocrisy that we see Jesus use, I would still encourage us not to get in a habit of doing that. But a better definition of hypocrisy, I would say, is this. It's the difference between what you say and what you show others and who you really are. Let me say it again, it's the difference between what you say and what you show others, in other words, what you allow them to see and who you really are. In other words, you're going to, ha- you're going to have to exercise a decent amount of effort to cover up your true self, your true nature, and disguise what's really happening behind the scenes. When you break this word down in the Greek, I think you get an even more accurate depiction of it based on the way that Jesus uses the context in which he uses it. We actually get the word hypocrite from the Greek word hypocrates, which is defined this way. It's an actor, a stage player, one who hides behind a mask. Now, in Matthew's gospel specifically, there's an entire chapter devoted to Jesus specifically talking about this subject. It's in Matthew chapter 23. It's also the same chapter where we're going to find the seven woe statements of Jesus. And these woe statements are specifically targeted towards the religious leaders of Jesus' day and how how they were being hypocrites, but specifically in the context of faith. And if you want to see when Jesus saved his strongest words, like who he saved his strongest words for, it would be people that were supposed to be showing people God, but instead they were just putting on a show. And Jesus saved his strongest words for them. Let me show you what I'm talking about in Matthew chapter 23, verse 15. Here's one of the woe statements. Woe to you, 
teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you travel over land and sea to win a single convert, and when you have succeeded, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. In other words, what they were converting them to, it wasn't a genuine faith in God and a love for people. What they were converting them to was a show. Hey, act this way, do these things, say these things, even if it doesn't represent who you really are. Can we camp out here for a second? Because for those of us, I'll include me in this, for those of us that have experienced spiritual environments that felt fake, that felt forced, that maybe had on the surface all the right spiritual rhetoric, but behind the scenes it just didn't feel real at all, you know how much damage that can do. You know how much that can cause you to second guess if the things that we do in places like this are actually legit or not. Which is why when I stepped out of my previous career in the health and wellness field and into full-time vocational ministry, I wanted to avoid that at all costs. I didn't wanna get up here and play pastor. I didn't wanna get in here and play church. I didn't wanna act like I was somebody that I was not. I didn't wanna present as if I've got my life all figured out because I saw the kind of damage that could do to people like you. And so I have worked really hard, and if you've been around here for any amount of time, I hope you know this to be true. I have worked really hard creating a spirit of transparency in this place because I believe the spirit of transparency fights the spirit of hypocrisy. It's hard to put on a show when you're actually revealing that there's not, it's not some beautiful, pretty, perfect picture behind the scenes, because let's be real, all of us are broken, all of us are, it's just in different forms and fashions. And so we have worked so hard to create a spirit and a culture of transparency here because we really do believe it fights the spirit of hypocrisy. This is why when you go to our website, the first statement that you will see is that this is a place where you can stop pretending and listen to me. This statement is so much more theological in nature than you think it is. Because until you lose the mask you are only going to build your life and potentially your faith on a lie. And we are not here to help anybody build their life or their faith on a lie. We're here to help you to build your life on what is true because the truth is what sets you free, amen? And we know, we know truth can be messy. We know it is. But messy church is what you get when people stop pretending and don't miss this. It's the only way that Jesus knew how to do church. It's messy. And I have personally observed church, I have personally observed, especially being in the position that I'm in, I have personally observed on many occasions, more than I'd like to admit, that the more pretending that we do, people as faith, the more pretending that we put out there for an outside unbelieving world to see, the more unappealing what we do in here becomes. Nobody wants to be a part of something that's fake. Nobody wants to be a part of a show. Nobody wants to be a part of something that doesn't, like you're always questioning whether or not it's real. Are we actually getting what is true? Is that a guy and pointing to me? Is that a guy that I can trust? And so if this is still about reaching a lost and broken world, then we must kill the spirit of hypocrisy within the church. And listen to me, we must kill it within ourselves. And that's not just a good idea, that's a gospel idea. Let me show you what Brennan, 
Manning once said, he said, the single greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him with their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Do you know why I think more and more people are becoming attracted to this particular church? Because we actually have worked really hard to take the masks off. We are tenaciously committed to both transparency and transformation. And I want to talk about this for a second. The reason transparency, if you ask me, is so important, especially in the life of a Christ follower, is because it keeps you from getting trapped in what I would call a perpetual need to pretend. And I say a perpetual need to pretend because once you start putting on the show, once you create that pattern of behavior, it is so hard to step out of it. Once you create a show, once you put on a facade, there's this need, there's this sense that I've got to keep up the facade, I've got to keep up the show so people don't see me for what I really am. This is why I would tell you that pretending, pretending is poison, it's poison to your soul. And if this happens to be ringing true for somebody in here, maybe, maybe a little bit more so for you than the person beside you, then I want you to listen to this proverb People who conceal their sins and their struggles and what's really happening in their life, what's really going on behind the scenes, they will not prosper. But if they confess and they turn from them, they will receive mercy. Which leads me to say this. Maybe the sin that you're trying so hard to conceal the most is the sin that you need to reveal the most. Why? Because it's leading you to pretend to be somebody that you're not. And the longer you do that, the more that becomes a habit, the quicker you will be on the path to hypocrisy. But the quicker that you'll take off the mask and embrace what is true and to be transparent, the quicker that you will open yourself up to real transformation. And you've heard me say this before, God's not going to bless who you pretend to be. And Jesus, he would rather you be an honest sinner than a pretender. So let me ask us a question this morning. Have you potentially settled for a social status or a situation that isn't true and you're trying hard to cover that up and you're also finding it hard to break away from that pattern? Because if that is true for you, first I wanna remind you that there's enough of God's grace to go around for the hypocrite in all of us. There's enough of God's grace to go around for all of us. And the quickest way, I promise you this is true, the quickest way to break the spirit of hypocrisy is transparency. And transparency will put you on the path of transformation. And what is transformation? It's allowing God to do something in you that you can't do within yourself. Now, I want some of you to potentially be careful this morning, and I wanna caution some of you, because what some of you potentially have already done as I've been talking through some of this, is you've been thinking about the, the person that you know struggles with hypocrisy. Maybe you've been thinking about specific people where it's like, oh yeah, 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 I know, I know that person is a hypocrite. And so what we have a tendency to do, because it's easier to do, is point out the hypocrisy in others 
and we're a lot slower to search for it within ourselves, aren't we? And I would tell you that all of us probably have a greater tendency to struggle with this today than maybe people 20 years ago because I believe social media has, given, has painfully like, given us the avenue to pretend. It has become so easy for us to pretend to be people that we're not. I would tell you social media has become a breeding ground to hypocrisy. And if we're all honest, we would have to admit that all of us feel a little bit enticed, whether it's social media or somewhere else, but again, social media has given us the platform to do this at a higher level, that all of us feel a little bit enticed to put out a picture of ourselves that seems to be a little bit more flattering than what we know is happening behind the scenes. Specifically, when we're talking about the context of social media, we call this the highlight reel. We put out the highlight reel that we want people to see. We want, want people to think that things are going this way when we know behind the scenes the picture is entirely different. And we know how to look spiritual if we want to, right? You've seen the Instagram photos, right? As long as you got a cup of coffee and a Bible and a good camera, you can make yourself look like, oh, you love Jesus and everything looks good on the surface. And can I just challenge potentially some of you? Like if it takes more time for you to put together the Instagram photo than you're actually spending with God reading the Bible, you might wanna reconsider the conversation. That's all I'm saying. And apparently you can't be a follower of Christ unless you got a cup of coffee in the picture. I mean, this last one, it's just like, just coffee, boom, right there. It's like, who cares about the Bible behind it? One of the burdens that I carry as a pastor is actually knowing what's really going on behind the scenes in people's lives. As you can imagine, I have a lot of conversations with people. A lot of people confess things to me and talk to me about their struggles. They let me see behind the scenes. And so when I see those same people post things on social media about their marriage, about their life, that I know aren't true, it breaks my heart. Really, it does. It breaks my heart for them because something has convinced them that there's a need to pretend, a need to put out there that things are so much better than what they really are, and it's sad. And somewhere along the way, they're gonna find themselves trying to keep up with this story that doesn't represent their reality and maybe flirting with hypocrisy. And truly, it breaks my heart. Hey, here's my perfect marriage. When you know how many times you and your husband or wife have been fighting. Hey, here's this perfect vacation when you know you're arguing with your kids the majority of the time. Hey, here's my perfect career. Here's my perfect wedding. I've done a lot of weddings and I've yet to do one that I thought was perfect. Hey, here's my perfect pastor. All right, maybe you got that one right, but. Let me show you another woe statement of Jesus. He says, woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, on social media, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Church, let me say it as clear as I can. Jesus has zero tolerance, zero tolerance for hypocrisy. Why? Because pretending to be somebody that we're not is not just poison to our souls, 
as a Christian to pretending to be somebody that we're not is a misrepresentation often of Jesus. I want you to think about this for a second. How many people do you know, do you know specifically that have walked away from the church unnecessarily because of a pastor, a Christian leader, or maybe just a Christian that had some influence in somebody else's life And when they fell, whatever falling for them looked like, whenever the deception became clear, whenever that person or you potentially even found out that who they are is not who they said they were or showed themselves to be, that deception creates a lot of damage. That deception can cause people, sorry, I'm spitting everywhere this morning. That deception can cause people to doubt. That deception can cause people to second guess. Was any of it true? That's why it makes Jesus mad. This is not just theory for me. This is part of my story. I got a phone call once from a spiritual mentor in my life. I would tell you that he has had the most influence in my life more than anybody else up until this point, particular point in my life. Incredibly influential. I get a phone call from him one day and he asked me if I'd come bail him out of jail, to which I did. And I learned that what he was in there for was something that I didn't even think he was capable of. Now, my faith was solid on Jesus. I didn't need a person to represent Jesus to me. I knew who Jesus was, and I still love this man. And I walked with him through some of that, but did it cause me to second-guess some things? Yeah. Did it cause me to hesitate to look to another spiritual leader in my life and give them kind of an open door to speak into my life and have a deeper level of spiritual influence, yeah, it caused me to hesitate. And so I can very easily see how this can cause people to doubts, which once again, why it made Jesus so mad. And I wanna say something to you that's gonna catch you a little bit off guard this morning, but hear me out. As your pastor, I hope you fail miserably. Wait for it. I hope you fail miserably in putting on a facade. I hope you fail miserably in faking your way through life. And when you fall, when you fail, when people figure you out, I want you to know that this church will still be here for you and will pick you up and put you on the path of transformation. That's our commitment to you. And if you're a little bit uncomfortable right now, I would tell you that's a good thing. If you're a little bit uncomfortable right now, that means you've got some emotional intelligence. And the beginning of emotional intelligence, it begins with self-awareness. And so you've got some self-awareness and I believe you're, you're keeping yourself open to the Holy Spirit right now. That's why you feel some things. Maybe right now the Holy Spirit is specifically pointing out some inconsistencies in your own life. And I would tell you to embrace that. Don't fight that. That's good. Always keep yourself open to the Holy Spirit. There's a Psalm that even says, allow God to search you. God search us and know our ways and show us if there's anything that's leading us away from you. That's exactly what the Holy Spirit maybe wants to do in your life in this moment today, to point out some inconsistencies in your life, not because he wants to heap shame on you, but because he's trying to take the shame off of you and lead you to something better. And he knows he can't lead you to something better if you're building your life on a lie. And so if God's pointing out some inconsistencies to you right now, embrace that. And for those of you that potentially are in here and say, you know what, Aaron, I don't know if I struggle with this particular thing. I don't know if this message is maybe for me. I would still caution you a little bit. 
Because I would tell you that we're often the most judgmental against the sin that we don't think we struggle with. And in and of itself, that is a little bit hypocritical. Which is a type of hypocrisy that Jesus also speaks of. I want to jump over to Matthew chapter 6. And I want to show you one more thing that Jesus said in a different context about hypocrisy. Maybe specifically kind of labeling or calling out the self-righteousness in some of us. It's in his Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter six. He says this, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, don't announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. And then jump down to verse five. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. You see, church family, when our faith becomes more about a show than it is a sincere love for Jesus, we lose something. We lose something. I mean, even in this passage, Jesus says that we lose the ability to receive some rewards from God. But I would tell you that we also lose sight of ourselves. See, the longer we pretend, the longer that we put on a show, the longer that we put out a facade and hope people think that our lives actually look this way when we know they look something entirely different, the longer that you do that, the more that becomes a habit, not only does that lead you on the path of hypocrisy, but it also will potentially lead you one day not even knowing who you really are. And finding it hard to get back to a place of where God wants you to be. I promise you it's not impossible. I'm just telling you to become more difficult the longer that you live that lie. And I think everybody needs to know what I say next. I want to let you know that there's hope for the hypocrite in all of us. There's hope for the hypocrite in all of us. And all of us need to keep ourselves open to the Spirit of God, pointing out these inconsistencies in our life. Because if we don't, we just add to the poison of what an outside, unbelieving world keeps pointing to and saying, see, that's why I don't want to be a part of anything like that. See, that's why you can't trust those people. See, that's why you should never put yourself underneath the spiritual authority of people like me. I get it. I really do. And if you find yourself truly being convicted this morning that this is something that you need to pay a little bit more attention to for yourself, I want to let you know that the quickest off-ramp to hypocrisy is transparency. And transparency will set you on the path to true transformation. And so let me, let me close by asking you an honest question that I want you to ask yourselves. Who are you? Really? Like, who are you really? Are you the same person behind the scenes as you're showing yourself to be to others? Who are you? Really? And if you're not, if there's some inconsistencies there, I want to give you a really clear action step this week. Maybe it's today, maybe it's this week, or over the next couple of weeks. I want you to find one person that you can be transparent with, one. You've heard me say this before, not everybody needs to know your crap, but somebody does. One person, 
that you can actually come to and just confess and say, hey, I need to get this out. I wanna break the cycle of hypocrisy in my life because I'm pretending to be this way. I'm pretending my marriage is this way. I'm pretending that I don't have these addictions. I'm pretending that I've got my faith all figured out. I'm pretending like I don't have these doubts. And you do. I want you to break the cycle of hypocrisy in your life by being transparent with at least one person. And maybe some of you are in here today and you're thinking to yourself, I don't know if I have that one person in my life that I feel comfortable enough to share that with, then I want that to become your number one prayer. God, would you put one person in my life that I can be honest and transparent about what's really happening in my life and break the cycle of hypocrisy? Quickest off-ramp to the hypocrite in all of us is transparency. I'm gonna pray for us and then I'm gonna lead us into a time of response. Father, this morning, I pray that we do some soul searching. I pray that if anyone in here is feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit, pointing out some things in their life, pointing out some inconsistencies, that they wouldn't fight it, they would embrace it. God, I wanna make sure everybody knows all you're trying to do is to lead them to something better. All you're doing is trying to keep us from poisoning our own souls. And all you're doing is trying to keep us from misrepresenting even who Jesus is. God, I really do believe you'd rather us be an honest sinner than a pretender. And so show us what an action step looks like for us. And for those in here that really do need a friend that they can be transparent with, God, I pray that you would give them that. I pray that you would allow each person in this room to feel safe sharing with someone that they've not been accurately representing what's really happening in their life. And God, keep reminding us that bringing transparency to the table is one of the quickest paths to transformation and transformation is allowing you to do something within us that we can't do within ourselves. And so we want to invite that, God. We love you. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.